Hello and welcome to Unofficial Art Therapy. I'm Dr Liz and joining me on the line in a minute will be Coombsy and somebody we love who you've already heard from before, Greg Soul. Um, the reason Greg is coming back is because he recommended something for Coombsy and I to have a look at. Uh, it's a show called In and of Itself. It's a one-man show um, that's on Disney Plus here in Australia where we are. I'm not sure where else it is in the rest of the world. But Greg said to us, you have to have a look at this. And we did. And we had thoughts. We had lots of thoughts. Um, as part of this conversation, I guess we unpack how, again, art can be therapy, how it can make you think about who you are and your place in the world. Also, we talk about we for a long time. I'm not sure why we did that, but we had fun doing it just to begin with. So you can fast forward the first 10 minutes if you're not interested in the potty talk and you just want to get great to right into the other end of the philosophy of in and of itself. Um, as always, uh, Coombsy and I acknowledge that we are on unceded Aboriginal land and we pay our respects to Elders past and present. And remember that this is not, even though we are well-meaning, we are not actually medical professionals. So if there's anything you need, please do reach out. Thanks for um, being with us and do take good care. Feels like the amount of sweating I've been doing and uh, I'm just drinking so much water <clears throat> from my throat. So the amount of steps I've done has increased tenfold, getting up and going to piddling all day. And I lay down, I'm like, oh, I'll do, do a wee, and then get up. Oh, good. I lay down. Oh, I've just been. wish someone had sent me them, you know, depend. I just put a pair of them on and don't go. away without moving. I can do it if you want, or what? one of the fancy I'd, one of the fancy I'd boy be, bottles. I'd, oh, I, I, <laughs> I kid you not, <clears throat> Greg. There's a a um, a road race in cars, which I'm not a fan of motor racing. It's called I think it's Bathurst 500 or something, and they just go for like eight hours around this around the monster track over mountains and panorama. Beautiful view, but I just do this. And people are obsessed by this race. And when I was nursing, the other male nurse that there was at the place, he was one of those obsessed. And he didn't, you know, you don't want to leave a seat because back then, TV, you couldn't pause TV. <laughs> you couldn't do anything like that. So if you left a seat, you missed a bit. You couldn't miss a bit of Bathurst. So he didn't eat for two days prior, so we'd have nothing in his bowels. He made a hat with cans on it and a tube so he could drink. But he also <laughs> got from the hospital, pinched one of the condom catheters and put it on and didn't leave a seat. When he was finished the cans, he'd ring a bell <clears throat> and his wife would come in and top up and he'd check the bag and she'd empty it. And <laughs> oh, my God. For 10 hours. Not all heroes wear capes, and it wasn't him, it's her. Look, she has not won. She has not done well in that story, poor darling. Um, she was she was quite happy to do that because it gave her 10 hours of absolute freedom, but once every couple of hours, a quick change, she could do what she wanted. <laughs> he was manic with this thing, and um, it. I, I must say, if you check my history on Amazon, you may... See 
that pop up in the last few days because <laughs> I thought about it myself, thought, get the bottle with a tube and I can do the old confident camera and yeah, that might work. That might work because I was just getting sick of getting up. And, you didn't do the old Archie bo- bottle from a road trip? Oh, no, I've got that in the car where I, where I keep a two-litre container and if I can't make it, I'll just into that. Although one night I'm, <laughs> I was really battling going into the comic stands. I just arrived to park and I thought, I'm not going to make it. All right, so I'm in the street and I thought, I'll just get me a two-litre bottle of milk out thing and put it in that, put it in the, in the boot. So I'll toss that out later on. I had my, my seat so I could sit. But... So when I got back to the car after the night was over, chucked in, I thought, oh, it's some milk, you beauty. Opened the lid and went, oh, wrong one, wrong one. Oh, Ooh, that reeks. <laughs> I know, I don't, only when I brought it up and went, holy hell, oh, no. Because <gasps> I had two and I thought, oh, Right, I need to have a better system than this. <laughs> in the dark, I can see there's a problem. I mean, hopefully in the light of day, I don't want to make too many judgments about what cancer does to the body, Kimsey, but, man, there no, should be some obvious yeah, no, in, telltale signs. Yeah. <laughs> but in the dark and then, you know, you'd been laughing all night and it was already 11.30 and I was like, I'm so mangled, my throat was so sore from talking and I just threw the seat thing in there and just went, oh, beauty, I'm re- that's it. Oh. <laughs> Oy, oh, whoa. No, 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 no. Although, I've nursed, I've seen people do that, and I'll go, nah, no, don't, don't. They just, no, it's good for you. What? When I was in the oh. war. Used to do it when I was in the war, and, I, and I, said, I remember saying this, like, well, here's a tip for you, champ. You're not in the war now. Yeah. So you don't have to. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you used yeah. to shoot at people in the war too. I hope you don't walk around doing yeah. that as well. <laughs> oh, I wish I would have said that. <laughs> oh, gee. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'll, I'll get there. I'll cope. Oh, Greg, do you want to tell me how you like to weigh just while we're here? Just to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have a little kiddie pool and I just kind of sit in it. And then every now and then oh. I'll warm it up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now that's not a bad idea. I've learned, <laughs> I'll do I've, that in summer. I've learned a lot because, you know, I've got a little bloke, <laughs> and so I'm learning, you know, the, the, the mysteries of how, <laughs> of how all of this works and whether it or not. It works. Yeah, we're not, we're not at the point where we're, you know, big boys standing just yet, not to share too much, but, uh-huh. oh, man, I know that's going to be a brave new world. So Tell it. Tell him to stay what he's doing because <laughs> you end up doing that when you're old anyway. So oh, yeah, turn, turn around the, and tell me. I've reversed the cycle. <laughs> I've reversed the cycle. Standing is over for me long ago. <laughs> when I, One day the knees are wobbling. I'm going, oh, no, nah, can't do this anymore. And I'm, oh, I thought, oh, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> so I thought, right, and Jack, just, just stop it. Sit down for goodness sake. You can't stand anymore. So I'm not giving that up. About a day later, I went, okay, I'm giving that up. Well, I think it's one of the pleasures <laughs> yeah, in life. Yeah, a little sit down. Yeah. Plus, you've got to make a decision. Yeah. Boys have to make a decision when they go in there. I don't have to make no decisions. I can have a little sit down, a little no, ponder, you know. I'm on board with you, mate. I'm with you now. Yeah. Greg, get on it. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, it's such a relief. I know it's for when... sure in the middle of the night I uh, I sit down because uh, sometimes oh, the accuracy a... gets a little off. And uh, – uh, what a lovely man! I Gentleman. can kind of stay asleep if I sit on the toilet and pee, and then go, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't wake all the way up. Yeah, yeah. Helps me. Helps me go back to sleep. Quick, uh, quick. Last question. I promise. Um, when you get up in the middle of the night, are you one of these ones like 
keep one eye closed because you think if I open two, I'll wake up. But if I got one, then I'll go to bed and go, come on, you just join the party. Or do you open both <laughs> I open both yours. I feel like I feel like it's what pirates did right? with the eye patch thing. They were really just trying. They didn't have bad eyes. They were just trying not to uh, not to, to wake up too much when they went to pee. That's what it was. And you know they had, they had sore backs because that's when they are oh, me back. That's an Adam Hills. That's an Adam Hills. You know, peg leg. I'll oh, be back. <laughs> Liz, are you an eye opener or not? I just take my glasses off. So that helps me because it's all fuzzy. It's all like a Vaseline. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm as it is. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I know where it is by. To, I could close my eyes and get there these days. I know how many steps it is. I know it's like four steps from my bed, which is wonderful. Yeah. Rebecca, God bless her, gave us the ensuite, uh, so it'd be easy for me. And I literally climb out of bed, go four steps in the same direction as I get out, do like and that. then I'm in the bathroom door, then a quick left, and then I'm there. So. I don't have to see. I can do it by touch, by braille. I used to live with a an old flat fan of mine. Used to sleepwalk, and um, oh, we no. were up one night, and he did the classic, you know, on his way going into the kitchen. I'm like, what are you doing? Fridge doors open. I'm like, no, oh. <laughs> no. I know you're not meant to wake somebody who's sleepwalking. I mean, I made that. Yep. I made an exception, though. Get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joel done that when he was a little kid. Oh, yeah, did he? About four years old. We thought, what's he doing getting up? Mm. And we thought, oh, we'll see where he's going. And we found he's open the fridge and he's just piddling in the fridge. And he's like, no. And he's <laughs> And it's going everywhere. And I went, you're not mm. supposed to wake him. He was weeing in the fridge. Went, That's right. It's not even finished. But poor little kid. <laughs> no. Oh, mate. He, he had a habit there for a little while. One day it was like we saw the bathroom light going from the lounge room with clouded sort of yeah. glass doors. And, and then the bathroom light. We thought, well, Janine's in the kitchen. I'm here. Rebecca's room's the other way. What's Joel doing in the bathroom? And you just stand there piddling in the bathroom. <laughs> this kid. <Aww. laughs> found him in the cupboard once. Oh, in the my cupboard. <laughs> and I walked, went through his brain just like, yeah. Although <laughs> my dad was the worst. We went on a footy trip once um, where Joel was playing footy and, and dad ended up winning the, the cash jackpot thing, whichever it was, three grand cash. So he cost him five bucks. He's pretty happy to win the three grand, the old boy. Um, and he was slightly smashed, like hammered beyond belief. He was so happy. And I was staying in a hotel room with him. And um, I'm laying there and I'm feeling this tug on my shoulder. I'm like, what the hell do this? And what do you want? He's going, oh, toilet seat. Or, hey, 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 no, 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 no. He thought... <laughs> He was trying to open the seat up. Yeah. There were fiddle. Uh, on your arm. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. And in the end, he just went, ah. And he, oh, no, 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 no. And hey, hey, he woke him up and he's like, hey, what, 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 what? I'm thinking, no, put him down, Dad. What are you doing? <laughs> it's me, huh? huh? What's up, Jim? What's up, Jim? <laughs> he used to call me Jim. That was my name. He didn't call me Craig. He always called me Jim. A nickname. Why did he call um, you Jim? So. <laughs> Um, you remember Jiminy Cricket? Oh, yeah. Do you remember him, Greg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pinocchio. Yeah. Apparently, I walked like him when I was a little baby with the nappy on. Mm-hmm. And it just stuck. Whole life, he called me Jim. My own auntie called me Ned. Uh, before I had all this, she called me Ned when I was a kid. Because yeah. she said, 
I was a bit like Ned Kelly, a bit of a gangster. <laughs> and I thought, well, she would have been proud when this all started happening. Because I look like Ned Kelly now. And I'm, and I'm a bit infamous, I suppose. <laughs> Greg, do you know who we're talking about with Ned Kelly? No idea. But... Oh, sorry. Liz, Ke- you can. Yes, Ned Kelly's a famous bush ranger. Do you know what a bush ranger is? I know what the bush is. Yeah, I know what so, a ranger is. Yeah, so put them together. Bush rangers are kind of, we're talking pirates. I guess they're pirates on land. So, yes. and they, and Ned Kelly was kind of one of the most famous. He was, you know, robbed from the rich. He's a bit of a Robin Hood t- type, you know? Robbed yeah. from the rich and give to the poor is the idea. But famous. He used to wear like a tin can. It was a tin can with the ice cream Yeah, on his head mm. um, to protect him from getting shot in the head, obviously. Riding on, on horseback and yep. a big, big beard. You know, because yeah, mess- all the boys had the big long beard, the Kelly gang, and they were famous. And he was the he was the last bloke hanged here, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know about I, that. I think actually. he was. I think he was the last bloke that was hung in Australia back in eighteen hundred and well, nineteen hundred ten or very early days. But yeah. yeah, very famous Ned Kelly. So anyone who's a bit of an outlaw, bit of a bit of a rebel, they they'd uh, call him Ned. So I caught Ned when I was a kid. Yeah. So now I look <laughs> like Ned. Well, Ned would have looked like this. He was only young when they killed him. So. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Mick but Jagger very, played, very famous. Mick Jagger played him in a movie. There you go. That's your connection. He was exceptionally uh, it was weird because he was lauded for being a, a criminal. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we've, but, we've, uh, the, we've got a big history of that here, though, don't we, Dale? Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. We digress. Should, should we talk about this thing that we said we wanted to talk about in and of itself? Yeah. Do you want to tell me, Greg, do you want to tell me why you sent two Australians on this wild wild goose chase? Not two. Sorry. I've had four people that I suggested have, have uh, seen it and messaged me this morning, a couple of them. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, somebody, somebody uh, a friend of mine recommended it to me. Uh, probably, I think it was 2020. It was during the pandemic. I remember that. And, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure why, uh, they recommended it to me. I think it's probably because of how exploratory I've become kind of in people and all of that stuff. So I guess it sort of feels in that sphere. What's funny is that it touches on so many things. Um, it's, uh, it's a fellow named Derek Delgadio who put on this, Hard to describe performance experience. I've heard it referred to as. Um, I know it's. Uh, what I, I guess started to start. You probably want to say spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, I would say you know pause and probably go watch it because it's. I don't know. Yeah. Is it like an hour and a half, hour and fifteen yes. minutes? Yeah. But it's. Yeah, yeah yep. it's definitely definitely worth seeing. But um, it touches on so, so many things. Uh, a, a shared interest, I think, between uh, Coombsy and I because uh, Derek was a magician. And uh, sleight of hand, but then eventually became a, a card sharp or card shark. Yeah, I mean, some people call it that. Basically, a crooked dealer. Uh, so he actually, yeah. and in real life, part of the performance, he talks about that in his yep. his wolf versus dog piece. I'm sure we'll get into that. But um, in true in real life, he actually did it for a while. Um, and I, I read his uh, his kind of biography, which was really illuminating and interesting. And um, I don't know if you can tell, but there's a lot of similarities. Uh, between uh, me and him, he is uh, on the spectrum. He never says he is, but yeah, I think you can get a good feel for it. Um, 
sort of felt like an outsider, found uh, something that was kind of interesting to them. And you know, what an autistic trait, uh, doing sleight of hand magic for hours and hours on end. You know, I can't imagine anybody hyper-focusing on anything that, oh, it seems so bizarre, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so going into that and then kind of this version of self-discovery and, and how, you know, you long to be seen by other people and yet they always have this idea of who you are, but it's never truly who you really are, right? And the only person yeah. that does is you. And so uh, to me, the thing I took away from it is to share uh, to share in who you are with others so they can see you that way, but also try and recognize that uniqueness in other people and, and make sure to point it out. Like it so touches on so many things that are like important to me. And um, it's funny because it was right around the time I was starting my podcast and it really um, – gave a little bit more purpose I think for me and I because I told you Craig like what I want to do is I want to see you exactly how you see yourself so the very first thing I do is ask you who are you you know and you tell me those things and then by the end of it I see you exactly how you see yourself or ultimately I want to right and so I don't know it's just it's such a a special experience for me watching this thing I'm curious I think everybody who sees it will have a different interpretation. So I'm curious what yep. Liz and Craig, what, how you guys sort of saw this thing. Papa? I, I, I had to turn it off at one stage and go back to it because it hit real hard. It was about the 25-minute mark. I, I just couldn't do it. Absolute mess. <clears throat> and I had to pull myself together and and try to get through it. And I was a bit worried because I thought, if this is going to keep happening, I can't handle this. <laughs> because strangely enough, it was asking some questions that I've been asking of myself that have been going on for a little while. And I think <clears throat> to those who know me well, if they see it, they'll probably know what I'm talking about. And if they don't, that's why I've tried to tell some people, you know, watch this. Um, there's some parts that are very pertinent to me. Um, and, and those things that, as you said, Greg, like probably about three weeks ago, I was at the chemist and walked out. Uh, I think this lady came up and she goes, oh, my gosh, you're the Naked Tuesday man. I was like, what? Sorry? And she went, no, no, no. <laughs> I know you. And she said, oh, can, can I please give you a hug? I went, yeah, sure. And, she said, I love your page. It's been wonderful. I'm glad that you brought it back. Um, it, you know, for those two or three years that we really missed you and we missed it. And, and she said, what are you up to? And I said, oh, I'm just going to grab a coffee because I need and she said, No, no, with me, I'll buy it. And I said, well, if you want to sit down and have a chat for five minutes, I'm happy to. And she was like, what? I went, you're going to buy me a coffee. At least we can do it, sit down. And I said, she said, what do you want? And I said, I'll just check if they've got a magic. And they said, the lady do the magic. She said, yeah, yeah, sure. And I said, great, just two sugars in the magic. And it was actually the best magic that I've had. So I found a new place to go. Um, <laughs> and I had this, this chat with the lady. And then when I got home, I was like, there it is again. I'm the Naked Tuesday man. I know I am because that's what we created, that other people see me. But I still felt like my friends were seeing me as that. And I thought, they should know better. I'm not just the Naked Tuesday man. 
You know, people are like, oh, I can't come around your house on Tuesday. I'm going, oh, I'm naked for half a second. And I'll tell you what, it's not Tuesdays. I have to think what I'm doing, plan how to take the photo, when I can take the photo, and post it with you. You can come around on a Tuesday. It's totally safe. It's okay. And I thought, surely his friends would be smart enough to figure that out. Um, and I honestly thought a few of my friends had lost me mm. in the Naked Tuesday bit. Um, they got a bit excited when it first started because it was on TV. If I was out with them and someone had come up to me, like I was with a few mates going to the footy and one of them said, I would so love to see some stranger come and recognise you. It would be really cool. And I went, it doesn't happen all the time now because it's been a year or so. And we walked through the gates of this bloke just come running up, grabbing me, went, the naked Tuesday dude, woo! <laughs> and my son and my mate was there and my mate, and then just run away. And my mate, Ross, was just like, do you know how proud I am seeing that? And I was like, no, I don't. He said, that's pretty cool to be recognised for something by general public. And the joy that he got out of doing that, and I went, okay. Because that was the one thing I never understood, why there was such great joy in in seeing me. Well, you know, and the day after I went on Hills' show, I went to the, the local shopping centre, and after 45 minutes, I rang Jeanette and I'm coming home because I haven't even got to the shop. People were just stopping me asking me to talk to their friends on the phone, photos. And I was just, like, not prepared for all this. I I, I didn't expect it because it was on the ABC, not the biggest viewer network in the world, but it went berserk. The, the web page blew up that night and crashed. We had to get a bigger website. We had to, the Facebook page went mental. I'm just, I, I just didn't understand it. And then when I decided to close the page, I thought, surely by now... You know, five years in, people have got the message that I'm trying to, you know, portray. And I was finding a bit of a drag, not for what I said publicly. I just told people I'm a bit tired. It's hard to do all the time. I need a break, and I, I just need a break. I needed a break from the Naked Tuesday man. That's what I needed. Mm. Because I honestly thought I'd been lost. And when this show brought that up, I thought, God, oh, this is what I've been asking, you know. How do people see me? And how do I see myself? And look, I'm totally honest with you. I told you I struggle with who I am because I feel useless. I can't help her in the house. I haven't contributed to the income for 12 years. I haven't earned one cent. My wife's had to do all that. You know, I, I, I sit in my chair and watch TV. That's why a few years ago I just tried to do some magic because I thought I've got to do something, something different where I can concentrate and maybe show myself that I can do something, that I'm worth something. And then when I started doing little ones and it was still tricking people, I was like, man, that's so basically obvious. Not to me. I still can't work them out. But but they don't get them. And I'm like, okay, so this was a side that started people to go, I'm loving this. Then I'd done the music video things with the TV and people started to like that. And I'm thinking... See, there's more to me than just that Naked Tuesday man. Um, I, I even said it the other day. I have a, a, a lily. I have a piece lily that a mate gave me that wasn't doing the best. It is now thriving unbelievably. And in the middle, there's another one big white flower about to unfold. And I shown him a photo, and he was like, 
what? But the other day I looked at it and said, you know, I'm, I know I can't do anything, but the one thing I can do, the one thing I'm good at is growing peace that lives inside. And she said, that's stupid. That's not the only thing you're good at. But she stopped there. It's hard, isn't it? I mean, darling, I'm sorry. I was hoping she would have went on with it, well. to be honest. I thought, come on, tell me. It's been three days. I still haven't heard. And I, mm. part of me thinks, do I need to say to her, you haven't finished that sentence in three days? And it's breaking me up. Because maybe it was a throwaway line. And then I saw this show, I'm like, oh, man, this is bringing all this up again. And then I went and watched the rest of it. I'm glad that he done some magic tricks because one of them I think I know the premise of how he done something and I thought, I do know that. And I'm like, that's pretty cool that I know that. And there were moments that were so emotionally hard to get through. Um but yet again, the soul man delivered because what I needed, I got. <laughs> do you feel that as a form of art therapy, if we're going to keep it there, do you feel that it's um, that it was important, though, to kind of have those feelings or have, let somebody else speak them, like to be part of it? Because you could have just turned it off and thought, you know, if you pardon the expression, Dale, last too short, you know? <laughs> like you could have just thought there's plenty of other shit to watch, there's plenty of other things to do. I don't need to deal yeah. with this. What made you come no, back to it? Greg. Right. I've trusted him since the day I met him, and I thought, I don't think I put my trust in a person like I have with him, that someone I've only just met, you know, two months ago. Mm. Because everything he does, he does for me. And he even said that the other day, man, I'm just doing things for you. You get to him when you get to him. I'm still struggling. One of the tricks that I thought I was able to do because I'd done it once and I thought, oh, my gosh, I did it. And then the next time I'm like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? <laughs> and I watched and I went, okay, oh, I did it. All right, I'll video it. What? So I get frustrated. <laughs> then I go back and watch his. And, um, but it was purely the fact that everything he's said or done so far has been spot on. So until it doesn't happen, I have no reason not to trust him. And I thought, if he told me that I need to watch this, I should watch this, I'll, I'll go back and I'll do it. And I, and I got through the second half, no problem. I was emotional like everyone's going to get when seeing that last thing happening, last two things happening, with the, the letters and the who am I been. But um, that was only because I was emotional because they were emotional seeing. Yeah. Mm. You know, the, the nobody bloke, I just wanted to grab him and say, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You know, that's not right. Um, um, but that was it. My 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 daughter watched it, which I was like, wow. Um, she watched it on. I think it was Sunday afternoon on Father's Day. Oh, Saturday afternoon. Sorry, that's right. Because I said, look, at some point in time, if you've got some time, there's a message in this specifically I can see for you and I hope you can find it. And then about an hour and a half later, I get a message. She goes, wow. <laughs> and I went, what? She said, I watched the show. I said, you did? She goes, yeah. And I said, did you understand where I'm coming from? And she got a bit upset. I'd cry and I went, so you did? Yeah. She goes, yeah. 
as I said, because the thing with you, dear, is that you had your first child in December 2019. Three months later, we were thrown into a pandemic. So you're bringing up that little baby on your own. Now, Janine used to go over when she could to respite and all that to give Rebecca a, when Lola was really sick and things like that. But, you know, obviously she couldn't stay long. She had to get back out. And I said, Rebecca, you, you've done the right thing. You were entrapped for two years. And the problem, you know, I only found out at one point that Lola had problems with her ears. That's why she wasn't talking real well or picking things up. And then when they got her in the hospital and they drained her ears and put grommets in, overnight she just started yapping her head off and off she went. And Rebecca was looking at old videos the other night of Lola going, why didn't I pick it up? You know, when she's... And I go, well, just sort of a little kid, just been a little baby, you know? And you've not done this before. They don't come and, with and, and I, you know? Well, and I said, only have you not done this and no instructions. You were doing this during a pandemic. So you couldn't even say to your mum, so what did you do during a pandemic to raise your children? Exactly. Me and, me and your brother. I said that you couldn't. So no one was able to give you advice or help through that even harder time, especially when her husband was an essential worker, so he was working. So the only relief for human contact, she'd had one class where all the ladies met with the babies mm-hmm. and she got on really well with one lady and thought, oh, I'm going to get a couple of friends out of this. Bang, that stopped. So no prenatal classes, or not pre, whatever they call them. Postnatal, yeah. Post, none of that. So none of that. There was no phone support group. There was nothing. There was just bang. So I, I said to her, I hope. So she, she got out of that and she was pretty teary and, I said, so you should be proud of what you've achieved under extremely difficult circumstances. So don't run yourself down all the time where you're going, I'm not a good mum. I'm like, yes, you are. You've done a remarkable job. Remarkable job. So again, it was a good tool for her. Yeah. You know, there's that reminds me of um, uh, this. I saw this lady, uh, Whitney. I, I, I can't remember her last name, but she was on a podcast. And she said, and again, this is something that my heart knew was true immediately, and I'm going to keep this with me. She said, when the light of understanding shines on you and you look around and you see how messy your room is, you don't have to feel shame about that. Right. The idea of, I didn't understand that I was messy, that I was being messy, but now that I see it, like I understand it for what it is. I don't have to feel shame that I, I didn't understand back then. Right. And, And like, to me, that's, that's what that screams to me because I had a child that was on the spectrum and I didn't realize it. And, uh, once I finally did, you know, we, we got him help and we've adjusted everything. But it made me feel like I was sending my baby out into the wild on his own, unprotected. It made me feel horrible. And then I realized it's like, how can I feel like shame and just like just almost horror at myself for something I completely didn't understand? Right. You know, they're yeah. just entirely blinded. But so when the light shines down. When you look yeah. around you, you don't have to feel that shame, right? It's like, I know better, I do better now. Like, it's, don't worry about it. It's don't so let it interesting too, isn't it? Because, I, I mean, given what I do, the doctor lady side that I am, it's like the rest of the world, if you see, if, if you, when, when you say, when you see better, when you know better, you do better. But it's funny how some people see that as a bad thing. Like some people see, like they say, you've done your one thing now, now if you do something about face, you're a hypocrite, whatever. But no, no, if I've got better evidence. Yeah. I changed my mind. Yeah. 
to me that's yep. strength yeah. you know what i mean that's you know we yep. that's that's intelligence why then continued intelligence you know if you don't know what you don't know then you find out there's a big thing happening here at the minute yeah um greg you probably see there's the, the referendum that's happening here at the moment around including first nations people in our constitution and there's the big campaign it's a yes or no basically and the and the no's are saying if you don't know say no it's like why if you don't know find out you know what i mean like this is the thing or say no no <laughs> Like, don't just shut something down. I would never, this is the thing. And it's, it's funny how many people, and I think it's just cultural, we're encouraged to kind of apparently know it all and parents are even worse. You, you expected to know it all. You know what I mean? They said to me when I found out from pregnancy onwards, oh, you know. I'm like, how will I know? What are you, what are you talking yeah. about? But, um, oh, God, they used to do that all the time. They still do. A mother knows. Bullshit, she knows. She, she has to look like she knows. Fathers are the yeah. same, right? You have to look like you know, because ninety nine percent of it is bullshitting it so that the kids feel safe, you know. Because yeah. your job is to do the worrying, right? That's your job. They don't need to know that you don't know either. It's your job to take that burden from them. But yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? That idea that if you've missed something, there's something wrong with you. It's like no, well, yeah. you just if when you when you know, once you find out, yeah. then yes. You have an obligation yeah. to do yeah. something about it. Yeah. But if you genuinely yeah. didn't know, that's it. You can't know everything. That a yeah. lot with like our our politicians or celebrities. People will will dig up a tweet that they said yeah. twelve years ago. That's it. And it's <laughs> like, how are you judging somebody by the standard that the person they were twelve years ago to now? You know, it's like I'm not the same person I was no. two months no. ago. No. And you're gonna, yeah. you know, it's like people have growth. Right, we well, change. Hope so. we... You hope so, yeah. Yep. Well, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I just, I'd like to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes, yes. right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The one thing I found extremely interesting was the rule of Tista story. Do you want to explain that? Well, when before I found out that he called himself that at one point, after the first thirty minutes or so, when I turned it off. I actually looked in the mirror. I thought, you know what? I am the ruler tester. Mm. Because if I wake up, I've dodged a bullet. So I think I've been a ruler tester for flipping 12 years. What well, sounds like longer than that. And I keep, I think I'll keep saying that, you know, when's that bullet going to come? And I always, I think I've said before, I look in the mirror and think, is today the day that the downward spiral starts? And I know it's going to come. And when it starts, I can't, I can't get out of it. I know I've probably got seven days max at best. So I get prepared for that. And I, often, every day, not often, every day I look in the mirror. After I get out of the shower, dry my beard off, comb the thing, <laughs> go, it's looking all right today. Um, yeah. Then I, I say a significant difference the there, day. though, because he's the one. The Rulatista is the one who put the bullet in the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chamber. That, that's yeah, that's the only difference. Yeah, yeah. That I, I think you, the chamber. you have just as much bravery in that scenario, or one could argue on his part it was less bravery and more uh, crushing depression, probably or insanity, right? That would cause somebody to do that sort of thing. Um, it was an amazing aspect of that show, I felt, to start like that. For sure. It was like, 
wow. And so now I've got that embedded in my head every day when I get up. The last few days I'm going, you know, is today that day? If not, I come back tomorrow, I'm the ruler tester, which is just a weird, I know, but I, you know, I'm dodging bullets. That's how yeah. I feel. And how does that... I, I really like it. You know? How does that make you feel, though, having that, having that label or giving it to you? Strangely, yep, yep, I gave that one to myself. Strangely, it makes me feel a bit better. On the every day when I normally just think today could be the, my last day where I start to spiral and I don't get out of it. It'll either be my liver, which I think that'll be the thing that'll go first. And then I know you, you're literally four to seven days with your liver. And it's not going to hurt. I know it's going to be painless. I just dial up and I'll go to sleep. I got that. So I'm actually not scared. I always say to people, don't be scared of dying because you're actually not going to know when it happens. You, you won't go, oh, geez, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't going to happen. You won't know. You'll just, you won't know. Um, around you will feel the pain. You're not going to feel anything. So don't be scared of that aspect of it. Yeah. It's okay to be not liking the idea of going because you want to be here forever. But here's another news flash. You ain't going to be here forever. None of us are. And I suppose, in context, one of you can look in the mirror and go, I'm the ruletista today. Because you dodged a bullet, you just didn't know which bullet. I know which bullet's loaded for me. I know what it is. Well, I've got two bullets, I suppose. It'll be one or the other. And in a strange way, I hope the liver gets me. And I've always said it. I'm not going to see the death of Vietnam spill because... I wanted to say you know, liver failure because in a strange, perverted way, then I feel like I've had the victory over cancer. They say, well, you mother, you didn't get me. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, I wish I could get someone else to open the death certificate before Janine gets it. If it says cancer, cross it out and just write liver. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be right that bad, huh? Uh, yep, I do. <laughs> just go... <laughs> Hey, Coomzy. <laughs> well, you know, right there, win. right there at the end, something that, that really struck me is, you know, I mean, he's 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 in the audience, tears in his eyes streaming. Yep. He says, I am the Rulatista. But he says, but I'm also a son and at the same time an orphan. And yep. I think he says something like, people don't understand that I can be dog and wolf at the same yeah. time he's like but what yeah, you yeah. see doesn't define me <laughs> it's like what right so it's like to me we contain multitudes right so while you may be the ruletista you're also i mean part of you is going to be the naked tuesday guy but also part <clears throat> yeah, of you yeah. is, yeah. is the father the grandfather the friend you know the everything right all the pieces people can and he also talks about you know maybe he is this magical creature and not the elephant Right. It doesn't matter what you call him. Mm. He knows what he is. And hopefully he sure. surrounds himself by people who can see him for that. I thought, yeah. man, that just really, that really brought it home for me. Yeah. And, and yet again, I go back to what you said the other day, Greg, on my post about my dad. And I thought, this guy gets it, huh? He really <laughs> gets it. Do you know what you wrote? Um, but you have so much love for so many people. Like it astounds me yeah. how you can 
how you can do that. Somebody, somebody like me who's neurodivergent, I don't understand a lot of things that typical people do feel and think. And, and so when I just see somebody who outwardly just, you seem like you put the your arms around everyone you meet and just kind of envelop them. And it's, it's super inspiring. Like to somebody who has never really understood that, like it, it almost gives me permission to kind of do that. It's pretty cool. Thank you. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool what you wrote. And I, it got me and I thought, yeah, I do love a lot of people for different reasons. And my dad was my best mate. You know, literally from 1989 to when he died in 2016, I spent every Saturday with him. If only ones I missed were when I was in hospital or when he was in hospital. Every other time I'd take off at 10 o'clock in the morning and say, see ya. Go and spend the whole day with Dad until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And then 5.30 every day he would phone me. Every day. I said, how's your day? I went, good. And yours? Good. All right, then. Catch you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and then some days it was like, how's your day? Oh, yeah, Dad. I went, up the, went for a walk up the street and done this and done that and come paid a few bills done this done that come out he lived in a little granny flat attached to a place on his own with a, a, a lovely lady julie who used to look after him for me when i couldn't get there but um he had his own little little piece of heaven which he loved and um we, we, he was a great man we actually played one of the best pranks on him ever which was great so <laughs> which one you'd fire him up my dad was a unique character everyone sort of loved him because he was he spoke his mind. <laughs> he let you know what he thought. He was very much a gentleman until he knew that the lady was okay, that he wasn't a gentleman. <laughs> like, if he met you, Liz, the first time, I said yeah. to my friend Liz, he'd go, oh, hello, Liz, lovely to meet you. He wouldn't leave with this, hey? He wouldn't leave with no, this. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't go, how you going, all right? Yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't swear in front of you unless he knew you were okay with that. Yeah. He wouldn't tell a dirty joke unless he knew you were on board with it. If he knew you were on board with it, game over happy days <laughs> um, and he was horrid he was a real cheeky cheek very cheeky flirty as anything and all the girls loved him and he loved them and um and it was a the comics lounge was my second home that's where i used to go to all the time the great doug chapel used to do live phone pranks where he'd bring up people and prank them for you and i come up with an idea with dad i said oh, i would love to get dad on one of these pranks dougie would you do it he goes yeah what do you want to so I told him, and um, Dad had had a satellite dish put in, and I said, just, and that was his be all and end all because he got the footy and the races, and it, he was just happy. So I said, Doug, just just make up something that you got to remove it because it caused a problem. So I said, and then be ready for the barrage because you know. And we were at the comic stands when he rang up, and it was pure gold, because when Doug said, "Oh, it's interfering with other people," Doug goes, "Well, I." Yeah, okay, good on him, bad luck. Not my fault. And he goes, yes, but, you know, you can't do that. Other people are disadvantaged, but, you're, you know, you're still enjoying everything. But other people can't because of the signal. Oh, so what's going to happen? He says, unfortunately, we're going to have to remove it. Well, no, you can't do that. The footy in the race is I how will I get them? And he goes, well, not my problem. He goes, yes, he said, I'll tell you what. <laughs> he said, this is not a promise. This is a threat. If you come around here and try to remove that, I'm going to stick it that far up your <laughs> and drop, 
dropping everything. That could, and he's really swearing and going on. Dougie just sitting there going, hey, Mr. calm down. He goes, don't you tell me to calm down. Yeah. Oh, just absolutely. And I was going to go as far as he can go with his language. And he, he did. He said, mate, you're a dead set carrot. You are. You know what? Doing that to an old man, you're, oh. Uh, <laughs> and then in the end, Dougie goes, Ernie, 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 didn't you just? He said, what? He said, can I just want to tell you something? He said, you've been part of a phone prank at the comics lounge. Your son, your son Craig set it up. He goes, who is this? He said, Doug Chappell. Oh, you absolute whatever. He said, oh, oh, I was so wild. He said, you got anything you want to say to your darling son? He said, yeah, yeah. When I see you, I'm going to foot you that far up your... And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> and I kid you not, at his funeral... Out his place the day before, put a few things in, got rid of everything. Funeral, Doug made the journey across from the other side of town, feel the other comedians did, which was just incredible. And I said to Doug, you know, that aerial story where Dad said he was going to come and stick the aerial up here, just so funny. I said, I actually took his aerial off his set top box and I kept it. And I said, um, I think it's been put away in storage already. So and I said, oh, actually, I don't know whether we hang on one second. I run to my car. The only thing that was in the boot, the aerial. Love it. Hmm. And I come back and I said, oh, well, it was clear except for this. And Doug went, <laughs> what? And I went, How? do you want it? He got, yes, I do. Oh, wonderful. I thought, again, the world works in a weird, weird, wonderful place. They're, my old man knew who he was, <laughs> and he stayed true to who he was, yeah. and nothing ever changed him. And I actually said, I'm, I'm glad he passed away before the pandemic because he wouldn't have handled the pandemic yeah. at all, not being able to see us and family and people and, and whatnot. Um, plus, he had emphysema, so he, he wouldn't have to wear the mask. But um, And then that would be a problem because he'd be somewhere and someone put your mask on and go, shut your mouth, I don't have to, I've got emphysema. <laughs> he would have got in more fights. <laughs> We'll go. That's why I'm glad he passed away because I would have got him more fight trying to look after him. <laughs> but um, yeah, Greg, can I ask you? Sorry to change topic a little bit. Although there's two things. First of all, Craig, watch that bottle. Make sure you keep just one end with that bottle. All right. This one's yeah, got, got it right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have to say too, I assume those lilies are beautiful because you're using the other bottles. Fertilizer is that how it's working? <laughs> yep, no, mis no mistakes. <laughs> I'm sorry. To I was just going to ask you, Greg. Do you feel like you know who you are? Do you mind me asking? I like, um, I because I kind of thought about this uh, ahead of time. If you were, if you were looking at the board, right, and it's a for people who haven't seen it, there's a big board with a bunch of cards, like hundreds of cards, and top half says I am, and then the bottom half has just a description, usually pretty short. And uh, he would let you pick your own. So what would be on your card was something Ooh. I was curious. Uh, Jeez. So what would and be I was on thinking, yours? Oof. Um, I think listener is, is yeah. probably, <laughs> yeah, is probably mine. I'm a, I'm a listener. I, it's hard to encompass. I would like to, I would like to think that's one of my, bigger attributes right like like we've already discussed it's a combination of so many various things but i like yeah. the idea of a listener what, what what are your what are your cards 
Papa? Jeez, jeez, I haven't thought of this. This is one thing I never, didn't think of. Um, oh, well, let's let Liz go while you uh, stall for time. No, well, I'm yeah. going to I'm gonna cop out a bit because I, I didn't react to it in the same way as you two did. Not in a bad, like, not in a bad way, but just because I think, to be really honest, I don't know that it's up to me to decide who I am. Like, and I, I and, but that's kind of in a good way. Like, one of the things I love about my darling husband is that we, I feel like I can see him in a way that he can't see himself and the opposite. Like, it's one of those things. If he's ever not quite sure of himself, I mean, early on, I used to say to him, or he will say to me, and we still do, it's like, if you could see you the way I see you, you would never doubt yourself. You know what I mean? Like, if you could see yeah. that person. And if you're ever down on yourself or are you ever not sure, I'm like, don't be like that to this person that I love. Like, don't be mean to my friend. You know what I mean? I've got a friend yeah. who says that too, you know. She'll say something bad. I'm like, don't you be mean to my friend. Like, if she says something <laughs> bad about herself, I'm like, don't you be nasty to your friend, to my friend, you know, being her, you know. And it's the same. Like, I sort of feel like I can see something that he can't see. And, I mean, I wish he could sometimes, and I'll say that. You know, I wish you could see the person that I can see, you know, because you would never have a second's doubt. You'd never have a second's worry or anything like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that then that – because I think that we're hard at work. I don't know about you. Maybe it's a maybe it's a female thing. Women are – I don't know that women are harder on themselves because we're all humans, right? But certainly we're conditioned to be hard on ourselves. Advertising tells us you weren't, you're so stupid you didn't even know what was wrong with you. Here's a problem you didn't even know you had, so let me help you fix it, you know? <laughs> so um, that's how dumb you are. So I don't know. I don't know that I'm the best judge of who I am and who I'm going to be and also for other people, you know? Like I feel like I'm different things for different people and that's yep. not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Like I was thinking too yeah. when you were talking, Kinsey, about being the Naked Tuesday guy. I mean, you are that for some people, but that's not all you are, you know. No. And I can, I can sort of feel that frustration, you know, the kind of uh, is it David Tennant that says, you know, the first letter, he knows the first letter of his obituary is written because the minute he became Doctor Who, like that's it, be nothing else. Typecast, you are typecast, friend, as the Naked Tuesday guy. But mm -hmm. different people are always going to typecast you, you know. For my kids, I'm always going to be their mum. Doesn't matter mm -hmm. what else yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah. For my yeah. mum, I'm always going to be her daughter. Doesn't matter what else I am. Yeah. For my sisters, that's mm -hmm. always what I'm going to be. That's it. That's it. I don't think we've got copyright clearance, so Kimsey, careful. We don't have money to pay for music. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so I don't know. I, I don't know that I'd be. I'd be. It, it's an awful cop out in some ways, but also I was like, oh, you know, like. I think that's representative of how you see people, though. Like once you once you see them as mom. You can never see them as anything else. No, Do you think that's no, true? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I can see that my mum, for example, was also is is still a wife, in the, even though my dad's not around anymore. Is a grandma. Is was a teacher. Is a friend. Is a sister. Is all. I mean, I think you can be more than one thing. And if this was, you know, a lecture in my day job, I'd be saying it's all intersectionality, right? Like it means the big fancy academic word for saying it is more than one thing. You are always more than one thing. You're never just male. You're never just a man with a moustache. You're never just a podcaster. You're never, you know what I mean? You're always something else as well. And all of those things intersecting gives us who you are, including as we age. You know what I mean? You were, you were five. Now you're 25. Now you're 35. Now, you know, so 
it doesn't it's not static it doesn't it, it's not the same thing so i don't know i mean look i like the idea of it and it's interesting the guy when he said he picked nobody i mean no. yes that's sad in some ways but in also yep. i don't know there's another part of me that do you pick that because you just don't want to be singled out you know what yeah, i mean well, the whole yep. oh, i'm nobody but, but, but I think I, I, I'm I, not here uh, to be the center of attention. You know what I mean? Like I get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I took it as people see him as all these various things, but nobody actually sees the way he feels about himself. Sure. And this is how he feels. Yeah. About himself, like that's how I took it. It's like this is this is who I am inside, and, and maybe nobody sees it. Maybe some people do. Yeah. Look, and that's the. I mean, that's the beauty of art, isn't it? That people can come. Yeah. Can, can come at it from all different things and you might watch it, you know, in a different day. I mean, I watched it relatively late at night when the kids were in bed and, you know, was I in a different headspace and not as receptive. I didn't love it in the same way, but also because I kind of didn't under, I felt it was a bit too bitsy and patchy and it just didn't resonate, bits of it didn't resonate in the same way with me. Um, and then I got, because I'm not a magician, I know you guys spend your time looking, thinking, well, how did he do that? Whereas I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's clever, but okay, I get it. It's clever. Yep. You're clever, you know? He's very clever. That's maybe me being a bit defeatist. But but the same with the letters, right, when he's revealing people, the spoilers, oh. but all of that. Part of me thinks, okay, I saw it coming, but then part of me thought for a while, well, how did you do that? But then the other yeah, part of me never. switched on and went, did that person really want to have that experience in public? You know what I mean? Did that person really come on a day, in a stage, you know, and again, it was a, I watched it this weekend and this weekend, it was my dad's anniversary and then Father's Day and everything, but it was like, would I want to have that experience in front of a bunch of people? And I get that signed clearances and everything afterwards, but did they know going into it that's what was happening? Like to me, I was that was a little bit of, I sort of felt like I was witnessing, witnessing so I felt a bit intrusive, to be honest with you. Mm. Like, like I wasn't, I mean, if they were up for it and it was cool and maybe it was state, I mean, you have to assume that people have some sense of what's going on. You'd hope so. But I felt a bit uncomfortable at that point just because I thought so, I'm intruding here, you know? Yeah. If that was you on the stage, that would be horrifying then. Is, is that? Yeah. Talk about, that would be awful. Well, not if I hadn't signed up for that. It's different if, you know, it's like if you go to a comedy show. you knew it was coming. As in a com yeah. comedy show, you know, went and saw our mate Will the next night. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. all interactive. He makes a big deal about saying this is this is all crowd work. If you want to be in, be up the front. If you don't want to be in, be up the back. Even so, yeah. if you want it to stop, just don't look at me or give me the, you know, yeah. and I'll stop. Like, it's very, very clear what the rules of consent are, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. we just sat up the back. So we didn't want to be part, we just wanted to be observers. We didn't want to be yeah. part of the show. And so yeah. maybe there was some kind of thing there where it was like, you know, if you sit in this seat, be aware that it might be you that gets called. And if you don't sit in this seat, maybe. But that's, I guess, what distracted me, for better or for worse. Or let me know you say that with Hilsey's show, most people know that the first half an hour of Hilsey's show is always crowd work. Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely some people who come in late because they think if I come in late, I might be involved. Mm. And he loves the latecomers and like, yeah. hey, you know, um, is there anything we can get you? Like maybe a watch? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, can we look at your ticket? Does it say 7.30 like everyone else or did you get, yeah. you know, quarter to eight? What's, you know, so he, 
people know and they sit down the front and whatever. And I do recall him one night saying he started looking across the rows and he couldn't see anything jumping out at him. There was no one wearing a weird hat or a weird shirt or looking a bit whatever or on their phone or texting. Or, so he went to the second row and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not seeing anything and I'm not getting anything. And he got on the third row. Well, And he was doing this while he's just talking normal talk, you know, and yeah. thinking, wow, for this brain to be looking – he said, I'm looking along there. Oh, got it. You beauty. A dog. And I, he, he was like someone, uh, you, you brought your dog? Um, and he knew, you know, what the dog was. A service dog. The person rides a service dog. Oh, well, you got a service dog? Oh, I'm blind. Oh, okay, cool. Someone else said, uh, oh, I've got a service dog. I'm under the back. Oh, dog, what are you here for? Oh, I'm just going through some cancer rehab stuff. Oh, I'm a bit wobbly. And then a third person goes, I've got... Okay, there was three dogs in that night <laughs> and he couldn't see anyone because they're at the back where most people go this other person and then someone else had cancer rehab and there was a third person who went i'll start chemo tomorrow now they didn't know and they didn't know everything about hilsey's show so he's like oh we've got a captive audience all of a sudden you know there's people <laughs> are going to understand and resonate with him and it's really weird that the third person put a hand up um she's now been a friend for about 10 years and when we done our shows, she was in our band, and we're great friends now. She just had a, a second amputation of her leg done, um, unfortunately, and, and yeah, but out of cut a toe on a, a rock in Hawaii, and um, infection set in and set in and set in, and and just recently had to lop her leg off. But she was one that just come out to the foyer after the show, and um, Greg, we used to when Clown Art finished, me and Hilsey would actually go out. Because we'd finished doing the strip, so we'd be standing up on stage. I'm in my very small G banger, <laughs> which the people in the front. It was funny because I'd look at them and they'd be smiling. I'm thinking, you don't know what's coming. Your smile's going to change. I did have one lady one night <laughs> was pleading for the G banger. Please, please. I'm going. I can't give it away. Please, please. I go. I can't. I need it because if I take it off, there's nothing. <laughs> and whilst me and Adam have agreed that the very last time we do this. We're going to totally strip and blow everyone's mind. Um, I can't give it to G-String. She was just so desperate for it. So anyway, we then used to walk off stage in our G-String, through the audience in our G-String, or me in the G-String, in short, and then we'd have an usher with a, 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 a dressing gown. And then we'd go out in the foyer, and we'd just have buckets where people would throw their coins, because Adam used to give money to a charity every night. Mm. Um, and... Uh, after 83 clown hearts, we end up raising $250,000 for 32 different charities around the world. But you'd be out in your dressing gown, people go, oh, you're fully dressed now? And I go, no. Nah. And they go, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> and, this, and this Catherine just came up to me and said, can I give you a hug? I went, sure. She said, I'm a bit scared because I've got chemo start for the first time tomorrow. I went, hey, drop me a line, this is my name. If you want to talk, let me know how it goes, bye-bye. And then... Turns out, you know, when she got recovered, she was said, oh, I'm, I'm going out tonight. I'm singing an a cappella group. Oh, I love a cappella. My favourite a cappella group. Canadian band called the Nylons. Have you heard of them? So then we chatted that, and then it just grew into a friendship from that night. I always remember St. Hilsey, the one night when you didn't think you had any material, it gained me a friend. Um, mm. So which I'm proud of. Now, I've had my time to think, my label. Two. One, I am a teacher because I was 
and I was a football coach. And from what people say about the Naked Tuesday stuff, that it's taught them how to be more thankful for the life they've got rather than the one mm. that I've got. It's taught them that, you know, people say they look forward to Tuesday so much and it makes them happy and makes their day and all that sort of stuff. And it's taught them about certain things. And I'm like, okay, well, so I am a teacher. I think I'm a teacher. But if there was also another someone that was sitting up there and this is purely because of Greg I would say I am a lover and I would take that now over anything mm. because I think yep the amount of love I gave to my mum and to my dad and I never neglected my friends through that period and I've recently had a, a male friend call me to say I need to tell you something I'll go for it mate he said, I'm 48 years old and I've been miserable for the last 10 years and I've just worked out why. He said, because I've figured out I'm gay. I said, and? He goes, oh, I just wanted to tell you because I didn't want any secrets. I went, mate, you know I'm going to support you. He goes, oh, 100% I did. He said, I just wanted you to hear how happy I am now. <laughs> I said, so have you told your daughter and your ex-wife? He goes, yep. And they're fine. I went, great. I'm so happy for you. And the very first time I saw him in person, we had the biggest hug and he was so happy and I was so happy for him. Also, had a friend come to me after a lifelong friendship and he said, um, he came visit me and he said, I get a feeling you're not telling us everything that's going on with these last results. I get a feeling that the clock's ticking a lot quicker than we all think. Like, yeah, you're right. And he goes, so I don't want anything to be left unsaid between us. I said, there's not. He goes, there's one thing. He said, for the last 20 years, I've had a family decide about me. I said, yep. Great, mate. And he said, um, probably 15 years I've been cross-dressing. I said, yep. And he goes, well, if I just didn't want to be out and see you. And then all of a sudden you'd see me and it'd be a shock. And he said, do you want to see what I look like? I went, yeah. And he showed me. I said, mate, I much prefer this photo than what I'm looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and uh, yes, I would. And um, very good. <laughs> and I, I said, how's your your wife and child dealing with this? He said, my daughter's totally on board. My wife, no. And he said, so we're just trying to work through that. Um, we've been trying to work through it for 15 years. But we still are. I said, because I love her dearly and nothing's changed. But she doesn't like that side of my life. He said, I only go out once a week like this. So I bought an apartment in the city so she didn't have to see me get dressed up and whatnot or come home. And he said, no one's been to that apartment. No one ever will. No one even knows where it is except me. And he said, um, I just wanted you to know. I said, okay, because we do go to theatre sometimes together. And um, we've been twice and he's came as he normally is and we're going to theatre soon and thankfully he said do you mind if I go as my alter ego mate if that's what makes you happy I'm happy with that he said but you know if people see you with a woman I said I've got a truckload of women friends that I go out with to theatre and that it'll be no surprise to anyone that's a woman except my wife because she rarely goes to theatre with me and I take other women with me. 
<laughs> and several I go, are you cleared? Do you want to go? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. Great. Can you look after me? <laughs> and I always used to go to you know, stage door and say hello to some of the artists that I knew. And I'd always introduce the person with me as my nurse because that's the role they take on when they come out with me. To always say, you've got to know CPR. You've got to look after me. Gonna make sure I take my tablets. Gonna make sure, yeah, yeah, I'll do all that. So I introduce them as my nurse. And remember, one of the guys goes, "You always have a different nurse." Back <laughs> 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 like the old days, but anyway. <laughs> Darling, can I put those two things together? It's love. Yeah, can you be? Can you be the okay. two though? Like, can you just be a can love I? teacher? Why not? I mean, I know that sounds like a bit like you're a. Um, what do they call them now? Intimacy consultant on set somewhere. That's not what I mean. <laughs> but I, I, I think you could put those two things together. I mean, because you do. I, I, you, you teach me lots of things. But I think it is from having first heard you, you definitely teach whether or not it's a scripted, you know, planned lesson or not. You definitely teach how to engage with other people. You definitely teach how to be with other people. And you lead by example, but you also talk about what you think are the best models. And I think that all the way back, all those stories I know about you, you know what I mean? Like when we first started talking about how you would make fun of your mum and make fun of your dad, that's teaching how to love someone, not to patronise them, not to yeah. make them feel useless or helpless, but to say, yeah. I not only I love you enough to say you trust me, but also a different to say there's more than one way of love. You know, like I, the, the yeah. stories of you teasing your mum that way, I find so inspiring and touching because you're treating her, again, you, you, to answer your question, Greg, about is she any, anything or anybody else, all that little boy could see is his mum, is what I hear in yeah. that story. All that little I boy I tried to see. play with her like other kids would. And you did. Except, except her arms didn't work. But, but you still, and that meant nothing to you. It didn't stop you. She bit me, though. Yeah, but it didn't stop you. You know what I mean? That's what I... The, the, bite, the bite stopped me. Yeah. <laughs> from well, going close. Well, but it also didn't... She also <laughs> didn't stop from, from mothering you, did she? No, she didn't stop, no, not at all. She didn't no. stop from having that responsibility and having that drive no. and having that... You know, I mean, there no. must have been part of her who was like, he's here at all. That's amazing. But the fact that she loved you back, not just as a person, but as a mother, went, no, you need to be kept in line. There's only one person in the world that's going to be able to bite you, and it's me. I'm going to do it. (laughs) She did, and Dad did tell me that when she, when we first came to Melbourne in 1971, and the operation failed, and they said she's now full quadriplegic, she will not be leaving hospital care for the rest of her life. Um, She looked at Dad and said, "Take the boy and go." And Dad was like, "Uh, "No, for better for worse." And she goes, "Did you just hear?" For however long I live, I'm going to be stuck in a hospital. So every day, it's not going to be fair on you and the boy to come and visit me. Dad's like, I'll be coming, and he'll be coming as much as he can, you know, when it's not school time and all that. And that's what I did um, every day from when I was seven years old until until I was 30, every day with my mum. It's a love teacher, I think, because you tell those stories too. Or teacher of love, or whatever, whatever sounds in the right on the right yeah. side of not creepy, you know. <laughs> yeah, <Craig? laughs> I, I want to know the soul man's thoughts. His love teacher, does that ring a bell or not? Or I love it. You it, do? it it feels uh, it feels true. 
Okay. Feels well, true. I, pro- and if, I probably wouldn't have looked how at that you see, you right. Yeah, if that's how you see yourself, I definitely want to see you that same way. I mean, it it feels authentic. When I've thought about it, which I never would have before unless you wrote, if you didn't write what you did, to be honest. But when I look back and, and then I think of the current things with friends that are going through, um, yeah. yeah. And I've I'll noticed wear, wear your, your love for people doesn't have an expiration date either. No, it's no. It's like you were talking about your mom and, and how on the anniversary of her passing, yeah. how yeah. just amazingly impactful that is for you every single time. And it's like, it sounds yeah. like it's still just as fresh now as it was that day that she passed. And it's 30 years, like, right? yeah. holy cow. I mean, yeah. for somebody to one, love somebody that much, but then for it to just sit in their body and, you know, have, I don't know. It's like a like you have all these little candle lights, like visuals, you know, burning inside you, and then they just never, they never go out. You just you just keep these flames, these little flames for all these people that you love, just inside you, just always going. Like, it's think, incredible. But I think it's also driven by other people. Like if you didn't write, what you didn't write, I probably wouldn't have thought. I, well, no, I wouldn't have thought that, but now I do, and I have no doubt that today. I'm going to be thinking of other things of the past you know, 47 years of friendship with a, one bloke and another one. And as I said, my best my best mate, his wife and I, we, we're menaces when we get together. And I, I went on a game show once and, on, you know, they said, oh, you're on and you can bring a guest who you bring. And I said, my best mate's wife. And they rang and said, well, why are you bring your best mate's wife? I said, I'm looking after him. And getting her out of his hair for two days, <laughs> he will be so happy. And I told the story story on here. I said, "So who are you here with?" You know, I went my best mate's wife, and she's going, "Oh." <laughs> I go, and the, the host went, "Your best? Does he know?" I went, "Oh yeah." I said, "He thanked me so much for removing her <laughs> from his life for two days, and she's up and they going, oh yeah.' Oh, the camera. They had to cut. They, they had to cut and go cut, cut. Um, Sorry, Nicola, you can't do that on, on TV. She's my, she's my favourite thing. You've told me this story before and she's my favourite thing here because it's all like he's he's get, he's getting a holiday. Mate, clearly yeah. she did not mind having a holiday herself. And I say that with love, right? But clearly it worked well on I, both I sides. I wore the brunt of this. And when the, the hotel room, they went, so you need two beds? And I went, no. I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to make, you know, if I'm going to wear all this, I'll wear it properly. I'll find out what it's like to sleep next to her. I said, because I'm a snorer and that'll hopefully make it hell for her. And I'd be just about dozing off. She'd hit me with a pillow and go, you're flipping noisy. Shut up, will you? I go, I can't help it. She goes, your poor wife. I go, you're my poor wife. Your poor husband. Jeez. I said, I don't know what I was thinking doing this. And then she flooded the flipping hotel room and we had to get out and get a maid. I love it. And then she flooded the TV studio dinner room. I love it. I love it. By accident. And Queen of water. Twice. And said, twice. You've flooded two things. And when we were getting back and we'd lost, we didn't win the prize. We'd, she messed up the last question. It was like for 8000 bucks, and she blew it. And I'm like, and you cost me eight grand. We'll walk along the street. You know the sides of a stop sign? Yeah. How many sides does a stop sign have? Eight. An octagon, right? Eight. Yeah. Thank you very much. She said six. So when we walk along the street, we saw a stop sign. What's that? She said, it's a effing 
stop sign and it's an effing octagon octagon i'll never forget <laughs> you, know, you won't cost me a grant I said four I said stick you you won't eight grand i'm gonna take the whole lot so, <laughs> i had a lot of love for my mate because i'd done him a favor <laughs> get, get rid of her She's oh. still the bane of my existence. <laughs> I'm keeping an eye on the time, my darlings. Yep. It's all uh, good. We're we're a little over. We're an hour and ten here. Well, which is delightful, but also yeah, there's a lot to unpack with the show. I think it was just uh, it was right. Well, for me, I thought it was right for me at the right time. Mm. And I, I don't know whether Greg knew that at all, or whether it was just no, you didn't. Okay. Uh, I thought you were a mentalist oh. as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, our, our bald man connection. Our yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, by the way, we need to give a shout out. Sorry, I need to do this. Give a shout out to one of your greatest Australian fans. So, Colleen, hello. Uh, Greg, actually, you need to say hello to Colleen, please. Uh, yeah, hello, Colleen. <laughs> so, when I went in, when I went and visited, um, uh australia one of my uh one of my mates over there his uh in-laws uh realized we were from texas he said hey can you say uh howdy darling to me and i said sure howdy darling she goes no 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 say it like you're from texas and i was like okay yeah. howdy darling and she like thought that was the coolest thing and i was like all right so there you go colleen will be very happy very happy <laughs> she's your biggest fan really yeah. She said to me this morning in her message, say hello to that lovely man for me, will you? <laughs> Sorry, Liz, you didn't get a look in. Oh, look, it's okay. That's all right. But look at that. I, I knew, I knew I mean, with the two seriously, of you look at that, that I was not going to be anywhere near, anywhere near top of oh, no, the I'm, I'm happy just to, I'm happy fans. to absorb. <laughs> you have fans. I think I, told, think I sent you a message from one of my friends who sent me a message saying, tell that Liz I absolutely love her. One for raining you in, but I love her. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. <laughs> All right, well, darlings, shall we leave other people to think about who they are? But um, it was yep. really – thank you for the recommendation, though, Greg, that it was good to have a distraction yep. too and something else to unpick and unpack. It certainly made me think and kept me thinking, which is always the best thing. Hmm. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, you guys taking the time to, to watch it. It's, uh, gonna... it's uh, a show that I revisit every so often, and it's very – Yeah, yeah uh, I plan to do that too. Me. It hits me every single time I watch it. So. I'm such a dag. You might not have heard the last about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a dag too. I noticed that I'd have a look. Miss Piggy directed it. Frank Oz directed it. Yes, and um, someone else wanted to watch it because Stephen Colbert was involved. That's right. Oh, that was Colleen. That was Colleen. She saw anything he does, I'll have a look at. So, yeah, it was a great mix with that. And I recommended someone to watch it. They watched it early this morning. I actually said to the guy, I'll give you a call Wednesday. And we can chat about this. He said, I would really love that. Thank you. So, again, it's found other people through me, which, you know, great network, which I appreciate, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, yeah for sure. Open to other suggestions, mate. You know where to send them. That's right. For sure. All right. I will every time. <laughs>